Amen. You guys can have a seat, and if you have your Bibles, open it to the book of Proverbs. Just go right to the middle of the Bible. You'll probably be in Psalms, and then turn right one book, and that's the book of Proverbs. We introduced a series last week on the book of Proverbs. We're actually beginning this series on the book of Proverbs today, and I know that it's going to be an incredible tool in your life to experience God's blessings and to experience the divine momentum of the Holy Spirit. Uh, There's a story about a Harvard professor who was driving down the road, and he had a flat tire, and his tire blew out. So he pulled over, and he happened to pull over in front of an insane asylum. And so he he gets out of the car, and he begins changing it. He jacks the car up. He removes it. He puts the lug nuts in the hubcap. He puts the spare tire on, and he uh, goes to get the lug nuts and secure the, the, the spare tire. And when he does, he accidentally knocks the hubcap over and the four lug nuts, uh, they, they're, they're knocked out and they roll down the street and they roll into a, a, a drainage ditch out of reach. And the entire time there was a, an inmate at the insane asylum watching this man change his flat. And so the inmate says to the Harvard professor, look, that's no problem. Just take a lug nut off the other three tires and put those three lug nuts onto that tire to fasten it. And you're good to go. And the professor said, wow, that's a good idea. That's really smart, actually. What, what are you doing in an insane asylum? And the inmate said, well, I'm here for being crazy, not stupid. So... <laughs> See, that story highlights the reality that there is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Um, Knowledge is something that we earn, and it's good to have. But wisdom is something that we receive. It's far better to have. Knowledge deals with that in which we observe. But wisdom deals with the desires of our heart. Knowledge has to do with the content of our mind but, and, and, and our IQ, but wisdom has to do with the leading and the unctions and the desires of our heart. We defined the, what wisdom actually is in a crisp, succinct way last week in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, and it says, The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, and that doesn't mean you fear the Lord like you might fear a monster. The Bible defines exactly what the fear of the Lord is. The beginning of the wisdom is the fear of the Lord, Proverbs 1.8, and we continue to read in Proverbs and we see that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And so this is wisdom, it's not necessarily a high IQ or, or learning. Wisdom is the desire of our heart, it's our heart desiring the things that God desires, our heart loving the things that God loves, our heart shunning the things that God hates, our heart being afraid of the things that God doesn't want for us. Wisdom is a matter of our heart. So with that introduction into the book of Proverbs, let me just ask you this. 
Do you have greater knowledge or do you have greater wisdom? Do you know more about God? Do you know more about things in life or things of this world? Or do you have greater wisdom? Is, does your heart beat in sync with God's heart? And this is wisdom. And my prayer for us all today is that through the Holy Spirit, we would be purged of any thought process. We would be purged of any longings, of any desires of our heart that are inconsistent with wisdom. And we would desire the things that God desires. And through a supernatural act of the Holy Spirit and the healing of the Holy Spirit, that we would desire the things that God desires for us, that we would have wisdom. So the book of Proverbs, and we'll be starting off in Proverbs chapter 2, since we looked at Proverbs chapter 1 last week. Uh, Just a little background about the book of Proverbs. Proverbs are basically short and sweet, crisp statements, pithy statements, short sentences with long experiences packed into them. Um, These Proverbs are very different than man's Proverbs, than human sayings, something that you might find in a fortune cookie. Uh, Because man's wisdom can get very confusing, man's wisdom can get very muddled, man's wisdom can begin contradicting itself. For example, look at some human wisdom, Proverbs based upon human wisdom and how they can be inconsistent with one another. Uh, One proverb from the mind of humanity would say, he who hesitates is lost. But we've also heard the proverb from human wisdom, look before you leap. Well, which one is right? He who hesitates is lost, or is this right? Look before you leap. That's man's wisdom. It tends to be shallow, and it tends to look good on the surface of things, but actually contradict itself and can leave us more confused. Another uh, piece of wisdom based upon uh, human rationale is um, you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. But that would contradict human wisdom that the best things in life are free. Well, which is right. Um, There's another piece of wisdom based upon humanity, and that is progress never stands alone. Progress never stands still. In other words, keep moving it. But human wisdom also says that if it ain't broke, fix it. So which do you go with? The incredible thing about the Proverbs and God's Word are that they never contradict themselves. They are consistent because it flows from the heart of God. It is the wisdom of God. And these Proverbs are poetry. For example, a quick um, outline of the Old Testament. And I'd really like to see you guys bring your Bible to church. And I know that Bible apps are awesome, and that's cool. I'm a fan of Bible apps. But especially if you're a new believer, I want you guys to have a Bible. I want you to mark in it. I want you to know where the books of the Bible are. If one of our youth gets saved, it's one of the first things I do is I get them a Bible, and I write their name in it, and I sign it, and I encourage them to carry it with them to school and bring it with them to church. And you know what? They're doing that. And I think that, I think that if you're in the Word every day, and uh, you're, you're, you're going to have a greater love for the Word of God. Um, the incredible thing about the book of Proverbs, it is, is, it's amazing poetry. 
The book of Proverbs is right in the center section of the Old Testament. The outline of the Old Testament is broken down into five components. There are the book of Moses, or the Pentateuch, the Torah, or the book of the law. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Old Testament. That's the book of Moses. And then we enter into the historical books. We read about the kings, and Esther, and Ezra, and Nehemiah. And from there we enter into the poetic books. Job, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. The poetic books, and also called the wisdom books. And after that, we enter into the major prophets, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and on to the minor prophets. The book of Proverbs is couched right in the middle of the Old Testament, couched right in the middle of the poetic or the wisdom books. The beautiful thing about the book of Proverbs is that every single statement is packed with wisdom. Long experiences packed into simple, short, pithy statements in a poetic uh, form called parallelism. Parallelism. And there's three kinds of parallelism that the book of Proverbs are written in. And what's so amazing about this form of poetry is that throughout the centuries, throughout the millennium, no matter what culture, no matter what language, the book of Proverbs is translated into, because its poetic form is parallelism, it maintains its poetry, its poetic flow. It maintains its rhyme and rhythm. No matter what culture, no matter what continent, no matter what language, the poetic form of parallelism maintains its rhythm and its rhyme and its flow. For example, there is synonymous parallelism. In synonymous parallelism, you'll see in the book of Proverbs, each verse, and Proverbs is mostly written by Solomon, each verse has two short, quick, pithy statements, long experiences crunched into a short, pithy statement, rhythmic statement. So each verse has two statements to it. And the first statement communicates a truth, and the second statement reinforces that truth, thus Parallelism, And so there's synonymous parallelism. You've heard synonyms. It's two words that mean the same thing. Well, there's synonymous uh, statements. And this is where the second statement says the same thing as the first statement, thus reinforcing the point. For example, Proverbs 19.29. Judgments are prepared for scorners and stripes for the back of fools. Synonymous parallelisms. And then there's antithetic or contrasting, contradicting, antithetic parallelisms where the second statement would say the opposite of the first statement to reinforce the same point that the first statement made. For example, Proverbs chapter 13 verse 9. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. The first statement communicated a truth, the second statement communicated the opposite of that truth, reinforcing the same point. And then there's synthetic or progressive parallelism, where the second statement builds on top, it progresses, it builds on top of the statement of the first, thus reinforcing the point. An example of that would be in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 2, the terror of a king is as the roaring of a lion. He that provoketh him to anger sinneth against his own life, and thus the parallelism progressed and reinforced the same point. And so with that, let's look at Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 through 9, and this is our text. And my desire for you, my prayer for you, 
this morning was that we would develop a greater desire for God's wisdom than anything else in life. My prayer is that we would all be supernaturally purged by the Holy Spirit of any desires that rage against wisdom, and we would have a singular burning passion for the wisdom of God. So here we go, Proverbs chapter 2, and we'll start with verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And what is the fear of the Lord? It's the beginning of wisdom. And what is that? It's to hate evil. In other words, if we go on an all-out search for wisdom, the wisdom of God, with a, at least an equal but a greater intensity that we search for money, that we search for pleasure, that we search for recognition, that we search for acceptance, that we search for security in this world, that we search for relationships, if we instead search for the wisdom of God, God will give us that wisdom plus everything else that the world seeks after, but in His way. As Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of these other things. What are the other things? Everything that the world seeks after. All of these other things will be added to us as well. If you seek for wisdom like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield for those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, watching over the way of the saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart. Wisdom will come into your heart. You see, wisdom isn't a head thing, it's a heart thing. That means wisdom isn't reserved for those with the high IQ or who... The SAT with a score of 1,600. Wisdom is a matter of the heart. So when we read in the Bible about God imparting wisdom to people like Solomon and David and Joshua and Gideon and Paul and Peter, James, and John and Moses and Esther and Ruth, and the list goes on and on and on, we know that God is no respecter of persons. And he didn't impart to them wisdom that changed their life and blessed their life and blessed their families and changed the world because they scored high on an SAT or some religious exam. He gave them wisdom not because they came to him head first, but because they came to him heart first. And perhaps not every one of us has a keen intellect. Perhaps you do, perhaps you don't. But every one of you has a heart And we can all approach God with our heart first. And if we do that, God will pour His wisdom into our heart that is far superior than any IQ or intellect that the world could achieve. So, with the text that we just read, we're going to break this down into two components. First is the unfathomable worth 
of wisdom, the worth of wisdom. And then the second thing in this text, we're going to break down the unfailing way to wisdom. In other words, we're going to look at the worth of wisdom. Why is wisdom so valuable? We esteem the things that God hates. And if we, we desire the things that God instructs us to shun, and if we do that long enough, as we read in Proverbs chapter 1 last week, the progression of desiring the things that we ought to shun and loving the things that we ought to hate, it is just a matter of time and a very short matter of time that we begin loving the things that we should hate and we begin desiring the things that could destroy our lives and we begin indulging the things that destroy us. And so we see that there is a a progression of of shunning the things that we should love and loving the things that we should um, shun. And as a result, we slip down the slope from being a sinner to being a scoffer. But in the first section of Proverbs chapter 2, We're going to be reminded that what is really valuable, what really matters, what our heart is really longing for, what will really bless our lives, what will create a legacy that will bless those who come in contact with us, what will bless our families, is wisdom. And so we'll begin by looking at the unfathomable worth of wisdom. I had a flat, my first flat in my Tahoe. I had no idea uh, where... The, the jack and all of that was in my Tahoe. I had no idea. I mean, it was absolutely hidden. And it literally, it was like a secret compartment. I would have had no idea how to get to it if I didn't have this in the glove compartment. This was the, the owner's manual to my Tahoe. Not only that, once I got all this stuff out, I mean, it was like a jigsaw puzzle. I was like, I've never seen something like this. How do you put it together? And how do you get the tire to lower down? Again, the owner's manual. In the same way... A lot of things come with owner's manual. If you have a vacuum cleaner and the belt burns, the belt gets uh, stuck, uh, there's the owner's manual. Uh, the residential and light control, irrigation controllers, how do you fix a pipe? How, how do you fix a sprinkler head? Again, just pull out the owner's manual. Uh, if you have a gas furnace and it just stops working, again, there's the owner's manual. Uh, if you ever get to one of the TVs and you have a wall mount and you, you pull the thing out and every piece looks exactly the same again, there's the owner's manual. And in the same way, how many times have I seen a parent look at their teen and, th- and say, I wish these things came with owner's manuals. You want to know what? They do. It is the book of Proverbs. How many times do I see wedding and marriage couples and get together and seasoned marriage partners say, I wished marriage came with an owner's manual? It does. It's called the whole Bible, but specifically as well, the book of Proverbs. Ministry, shepherding, work, your God-given dreams, your relationship with Christ, winning people to Christ, being light in a dark world. Our lives, they come with an owner's manual, and that owner's manual is the book of Proverbs. Every word is packed with wisdom. But not just that, in abiding in this wisdom and seeking wisdom, something changes, something happens in our heart, and that is that our desires begin to beat in sync with God's desires. Those things that are inconsistent with God's character are purged out, and we begin to desire what God wants for us. 
Three observations from this uh, initial verse in chapter 2, verse 1 about wisdom. And the first is this. Wisdom is the gift of the Father. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. My son. Did you hear that? My son. If you could give your child any gift to make them happy, to bless their lives, what would it be? A new car? What would it be? A new house? A good job? A good position? What would it be? The greatest gift that you could pass on to anybody close to you, to anybody that you care about, is the gift of wisdom. We read how the author of Proverbs, Solomon, King Solomon, how he initially received this heart of wisdom. He was about to become the king of Israel. He was succeeding his father, King David. And we read in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7. I'll just read it to you. And that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask what I shall give you. Can you imagine? If God appeared to you and said anything, ask. It's yours. It's my gift to you. What would you ask for? Would you ask for money? Would you ask for prestige? Would you ask for a position? Would you ask for health? Would you ask for a family? What would you ask for? Would you ask for, 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 for momentum? What would you ask for? Here's what Solomon asked for. And Solomon said to God, and he's just a kid at this time, you've shown great and steadfast love to David my father, And have made me king in his place. O Lord God, let your word to David my father be now fulfilled. For you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me now wisdom. This is his prayer. God said, anything. What do you want? Anything. And Solomon said, give me wisdom. That's what I want. And knowledge. To go out and come in before this people. For who can govern this people of yours, which is so great? And God answered Solomon. Because... This was in your heart, and you have not asked for possessions, wealth, honor, or the life of those who hate you, and have not even asked for long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may govern my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. I will also give you riches, possessions, and honor, such as none as the kings who had ever uh, gone before you, and none after you shall have the like. So Solomon came from the high place at Gibeon down to the tent of meeting to Jerusalem, and he reigned over Israel. You see the value of wisdom? If you get wisdom, you get everything else that God wants for you. You get everything else. And the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And this is not a matter of the mind. This is a matter of the heart. And the way that God infuses this kind of wisdom into our heart is a gift from a father to a son, a father to a son or a father to a daughter who desires wisdom above everything else. Wisdom is the gift of the father. The king of kings said to his king, said to more than just a king, said to his son, what do you want? And the son said wisdom. The king of kings is still saying to us, what do you want? And those who have a heart that is inclined to wisdom enough to cry out for wisdom will be given wisdom enough to experience all of the goodness and the blessings that God has ordained for us. Wisdom is the gift of the Father. 
Secondly, wisdom is the guidance of the Spirit. Let's continue to read. Um, God will make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding. If you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it for hidden treasures, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from His mouth and knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of the saints. Then you will understand the righteousness and judgment and equity and every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart. And knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Verse 10. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Let's read this again. It looks like we're reading a New Testament passage. Wisdom will come into your heart when you believe the truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you are marked in Him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Wisdom will come into our heart. And when wisdom comes into our heart, wisdom purges our heart of things inconsistent with Christ's character and fills our heart with the things that God loves and God desires. Wisdom is the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 26, on the eve of his crucifixion to his disciples, I'm about to go away. And the disciples were very sad. He says, no, 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 no. It's to your advantage that I go away. So that I can send the helper, the Holy Spirit. And Jesus calls the helper, the Holy Spirit, many things. He calls them a helper. He calls them a teacher. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit a comforter. He calls them the guide. He's, he, calls them the, he calls him truth. And he will instruct you in all truth and tell you things that are to come and incline you in which way you should go. Wisdom is the gift of the Father. Wisdom is the guidance of the Holy Spirit, which means that we cannot walk in wisdom if we are not Spirit-filled believers. Now, a quick doctrinal point about the Holy Spirit. The moment you are saved, the Holy Spirit has all You have all of the Holy Spirit that you will ever have. When you are saved, the Holy Spirit comes into you. Unlike the Old Testament days when the Holy Spirit might kind of come and go on top of a person for a specific task. In the New Testament dispensation, the age of grace, the church age, our age, our day, when we trust in Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit of Christ doesn't come up on us for a season or a task. The Holy Spirit comes into us, never to leave us nor forsake us. And at the moment of our salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit, and we have all the Holy Spirit we will ever have, but whether or not we are Spirit-filled, and whether or not we are walking in accordance to wisdom depends upon whether or not the Holy Spirit has all of us. And this is a matter of surrender. Wisdom is the gift of the Father. Wisdom is the guidance of the Holy Spirit. What you need more than anything else in your life today is wisdom. But you cannot have wisdom if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit of Christ. Thirdly, wisdom is the grace of the Son. Look at verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. This is Christ. Christ gives wisdom. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, the Apostle Paul is writing uh, to the the Greeks in Corinth. And he says, look, the, the Jews look for strength. And they think that that's wise. Or the Jews, the, the, the Romans look for strength, and they think that's wise. And the Jews, they look for a sign, and they say that's wise. And the Greeks, well, they, they look for knowledge, and they think that's wise. But what true wisdom is, is Jesus Christ. And the cross of Christ 
It's foolishness to the Greeks. It's weakness to the Romans. It perplexed many of the Jews. But the grace of Christ, Christ on the cross, this is wisdom. This is grace that's poured out into all of our hearts. Do you value wisdom? Let's read about this value of wisdom again. Wisdom. It's a treasure. Um, And verse 4 says, We must seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures. Then and only then will we understand wisdom. Are you on a treasure hunt? Do you guys remember when we were kids and they made those boxes of cereal with the prizes at the bottom? The healthy cereal never had the prizes at the bottom of the box. The, 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 The pure sugar cereals always did. And as a kid, we love the sugar cereal, right? But as soon as you get the box home, you don't care about the cereal. You, you don't even want a bowl of cereal, but you rip it open and cereal just sort, of, uh, just sort of shoots out of the box. And you plunge your hand into the box, you pour out half the box, and you find that prize. And it was probably something like, you know, a little fake tattoo of a lightning bolt or something like that. But the Bible tells us that wisdom is a treasure. Wisdom is like silver. And we have to search for it. We have to desire it enough to go on a search for it every single day, which is why I've challenged you to begin reading the book of Proverbs. Today you ought to read Proverbs chapter 8. Yesterday was Proverbs chapter 7. Don't worry about it. Just pick up today. Read Proverbs chapter 8 before you go to bed. Read Proverbs chapter 9 sometime tomorrow. And before you read the book of Proverbs, pray, Oh God, fill my heart with wisdom. As a gift from you, Father, Holy Spirit, guide me. Jesus, by your grace, I don't deserve it, but because of the cross, by your grace, fill my heart with wisdom and purge me of all that's inconsistent of your character and fill me with everything that you love and everything that you delight in. So we looked at the unfathomable worth of wisdom. And now let's look at the unfailing way to wisdom. How do we get there? One, the pursuit of Scripture. Let's go back to chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. My son, if you receive my words, did you hear that? My words. What are my words? It's the Bible. It's Scripture. Why do you have to be in the Bible every day? Because if you're going to pursue, if you're going to receive wisdom, you must pursue wisdom. And if you pursue wisdom, you have to look in God's words. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commandments, what are the commandments? It's the Bible. It's Scripture. We have to receive his words and treasure his commandments. If we make our ear attentive to wisdom, how do we make our ear attentive to wisdom? Wisdom is the Bible. Wisdom is the Word. If we incline our heart to understanding, what is understanding? It's understanding what the Word is, what Scripture is. And if we seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. In order to have a heart for wisdom, we have to know where wisdom is hidden. Wisdom is a treasure, and it's hidden, and the treasure of wisdom is in Scripture. It's in the Bible. My nephew Brant is in the middle back there, and I remember when Brant, oh, I don't know, was maybe roughly 10 years old or so, I came home, and, and instead of watching TV, Brant was reading the Bible. And I said, wow, that's awesome. And I, I wanted to make this a teaching moment, so I took the Bible. I said, Brant, you see this? You see these pages? This is an ocean. This isn't just pages, like a phone book or a history book or a comic book. This is an ocean. It's a sea. 
And at the bottom of this ocean are treasures, sunken, hidden treasures buried by God. And they will make your life rich with peace, joy, love, momentum, blessings. And when you read this Bible, you're exploring the ocean. And you are looking for God's hidden treasures. And when you find these treasures, God's promises to you, these nuggets, the stirring in your heart. Don't leave it at the bottom of the ocean. Pull it up into the ship of your life so that you'll have momentum. And you pull it up into the ship of your life by believing it and by acting upon it and by obeying it. We must passionately get into God's Word in order to get God's Word into us. We must passionately get into God's Word to get God's Word into us so that we can then assimilate God's words into our daily decisions. If we simply read the Bible, we will know about God. But if we assimilate the Bible into our thought process, into our desires, and into our decisions, we won't simply know about God, we will know God. So reading the Bible and search for wisdom is not just a matter of reading the Bible because you did your homework, you read the Bible. In high school, when I took Spanish class, I could care less in high school about knowing Spanish. I just wanted to pass the test. So I digested the information just to do my homework, just to get through, but not to grow in the language. And in the same way, I see many Christians, they they read the Bible just to do their homework, but not to grow in Christ. We must assimilate it. We must digest it. And we must look for opportunities, practical opportunities in our daily life to pray the promises back to God, to stand on the promises, to believe the promises, to act upon them. To obey them. This is a matter of surrender. This isn't an, this, this isn't an IQ thing. This is a heart thing. We don't receive wisdom by coming to God head first, but heart first. And we search for wisdom as if it's a hidden treasure in the scriptures every day with a desire to surrender to scripture, to God's word, to assimilate it into our lives. Hey, Reggie, do we have this video? Let's watch this video. This is in relation to our baptisms over the last week or so, and um, over, over the last week, and some scenes from camp. And this is all about surrendering to Christ. I have another point or two on the sermon, but as you, as you watch this video, I just want you to pray, Oh, God, give me a heart of wisdom. Incline my heart to understanding so that I surrender my life to your word and your ways. Wisdom is a heart of surrender. Is that your heart? It's a heart of surrender to Christ. Wisdom is being submerged in the will of God and the righteousness of God through submission. Are you walking in wisdom? Do you have a desire for wisdom above anything else? Wisdom is a gift to those who pursue it with a passion. Secondly, 
The unfailing way to wisdom is the pursuit of Scripture, the passionate pursuit of Scripture. Secondly, the unfailing way to wisdom is the passionate prayers of the saints. Look at verse 3 through 5. Yes, if you call out for insight. What is that? That's praying. And raise your voice for understanding. What is that? That's passionate praying. If you call out for understand, for if you call out for insight, but raise your voice for understanding, that's prayers, but not just prayers. It's intense prayers, fervent prayers, fat, passionate prayers, desperate prayers, the prayers of the saints. So we see that one, we are to pray with intensity. Chapter 2, verse 3, we are to pray with intensity. We call out for insight and raise our voice for understanding. We pray with intensity because we're desperate for wisdom. We're passionate for wisdom. So it moves us to pray for wisdom. Now, let me, let's, just, let's just talk real here. If you constantly fall into the same escape of sin, if you constantly make foolish decisions, if you don't have a desire to have a relationship with Christ, if you've neglected the Word. There's a reason for that, and that is that perhaps you're not on the path of wisdom, the path toward wisdom, so that you can walk in wisdom, and the path toward wisdom, through the doorway of wisdom, is the passionate pursuit of Scripture that's every day. But not only that, those are prayers with intensity. Are you calling out for Scripture? Are you raising your voice for insight? What is wisdom? It's the fear of the Lord. And the beginning of the wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And what is the fear of the Lord? It's to hate evil. So if your heart is inclined to this world, if your heart is inclined to escape his sins, perhaps there's a reason for that. And it's just not that you're walking on the path to wisdom. So there's a way to get onto that path. There's a way for everybody in this room to get on the path of wisdom. And it's a daily pursuit through Scripture, and that will begin to, to transform our heart. But not only that, it's a daily discipline to cry out for insight. Are you doing that? If you're continually inclined to the world, let me ask you this. Are you calling out and even crying out for wisdom? The Bible says that when we pray with intensity... That we'll have exactly what we ask for. Jesus said, if you ask anything according to my will, I'll give it to you. It is absolutely God's will that we all, all of his kids, have wisdom and walk in wisdom. And so let me ask you something extremely basic but extremely critical. Are you praying with intensity? Are you raising your voice asking, oh God, give me wisdom? Are you praying with such fervency and desperation that it causes you to lift your voice? It's not the mechanics of prayer, but is your heart fervent enough that it drives you to pray for wisdom? Perhaps not because you already have wisdom, but you've realized you need wisdom, and the way to wisdom is to cry out for it. Jesus said, if you ask anything according to my will, it will be given to you. And we know that walking in wisdom and having a heart of wisdom is his will. And the book of James, who has a lot to say about wisdom, says to us, the prayer, the fervent prayer of a righteous person, person has great power. Are you praying for wisdom? You're calling out for wisdom. Are you crying for wisdom? If you desire the world, if you're having a hard time saying no to the world, if you don't desire God, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, the very basic 
place to start is to lift your voice, raise your voice, and cry out for wisdom. Pray with intensity. Secondly, pray with persistency. Verse 4. If you seek it like silver, run a treasure hunt. That means that we don't just casually pray, God, thank you for this food. Oh, yeah, and just give us wisdom today in Jesus' name. No, raise your voice, lift your voice, then raise your voice, and consistently, persistently, day after day after day, until God has changed your heart, until you don't desire the things that the world desires, you don't desire those things that are destructive in your life any longer, but you desire God, and you hunger and thirst for a deeper relationship with Christ, and your heart has a motive and a, and a drive that drives you to the living water, which is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Until you're there, lift your voice, raise your voice consistently, persistently, every single day for wisdom, God's wisdom. And then thirdly, pray with a sense of expectancy. Verse 5 and 6, we know that you will understand, you will, not you might, you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. This is something that He wants to give in. God delights in giving wisdom. You will have understanding. The Lord will give you wisdom. We know upon the authority of Scripture, upon the authority of God's Word, we will have wisdom. If we passionately pursue it through Scripture every day with the desire to surrender to Scripture and our prayers and stand on the promises and align our decisions according to wisdom, and if we lift our voice, raise our voice persistently, consistently, and expect God to give us His heart and His understanding and His discernment and His vision, God will. Not might, He will. So we've looked at the value, the worth of wisdom, and then the unfailing way to wisdom. And are you growing in this wisdom? Are you growing in this wisdom? There is a father, and he had a big business. back when the gold mine industry was booming, when everything was moving west, the development was moving west. And he had many gold mines. And his son wanted to grow up in the business and really his son saw himself as one day taking over his dad's business and, and making a lot of money and making a name for himself. But before he wanted to put his hand to the plow and, and work, he wanted to go to school. He, he was able to get into a very uh, elite Ivy League school, and he received a very high education, and he studied everything surrounding business and, and the mines and the development of that industry and, and new and innovative means and measures and So after he gets his diploma, he comes back and he tells his dad, I'm ready to run the business. His dad said, great, son, I'm proud of you. Uh, And his dad said, I think that what you should do first is just go in 
with the workers, roll up your sleeves, and uh, for an extended period of time, just go get dirty in the mines and, and just do grunt work, man. Just learn everything about the business from the bottom up. And the son said, Dad, I mean, come on, that's beneath me. I've got this diploma. I mean, I've learned things in school that you haven't even imagined. I mean, I've learned things about this industry that you don't even know the terminology for. And the son said, Dad, give me the best gold mine that you have. Let me run that. The dad said, son, I really think that you ought to just start on the base level and roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty and work your way up. And the son said, dad, that's beneath me. I know things you haven't dreamt of in this business. Let me prove myself. Give me the best gold mine that you have. And so the dad did. And some time passed. And this gold mine, it backed up against a, 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 a big body of water and it had a leak into it and the water was rising and the son wired back to his dad and he said, Dad, we've got a problem. There's, the, the water's rising in the gold mine. How, how do I stop it? The dad never responded. And the water continued to rise. And so the son wired the dad again. He said, Dad, the, the, the situation is getting serious. We're about to lose this gold mine. What do we do? The dad never responded. Finally, the gold mine was almost submerged entirely in water. And the son wired the dad. He said, Dad, we're we're out of time. We're about to lose the best gold mine that we have. What do I do with it? And the dad said, you roll your diploma up and shove it in the leaks and stop the leak. All that to say, guys, what we need more than anything else is wisdom. It's wisdom. It's wisdom. It's understanding. It's a heart for God. It's, it's not a greater IQ. IQs are great, and whatever gifts that God should give us, we should refine them, and, and we should grow, and knowledge is incredible. We, the Bible talks a lot about knowledge. You can't help but grow knowledge in pursuit of wisdom because you learn more about God, but wisdom is a matter of the heart, and this is what we need more than anything else. It's wisdom. We know the value of wisdom, and now we know the way of wisdom It's the passionate pursuit of Scripture, and it's the passionate prayers of the saints. So, keep reading the book of Proverbs this week. And before you read it, cry out for wisdom. Read it and cry out for wisdom throughout. Cry out for wisdom as you finish. And I promise, I promise, I promise you, your heart will be changed. I promise you, you will desire the things of this world less, and you will desire God more. I promise you that. Seek wisdom. Some of your life depends upon it. Immediately. Immediately. It's dire. All of our lives depend upon it for the long term. All of our lives depend upon it. God's blessings, His spiritual momentum upon our lives, it all depends upon it. Wisdom is the greatest blessing that any of us could have. And if you're on a path to foolishness, it's utter destruction. And the path to foolishness is anything inconsistent with God's will, God's character, God's holiness, God's plan for your life. That path, there is not promised blessings. There is not the promise of divine safeguard and protection. Repent and get off that path. Get on the path of righteousness today. And pursue the way of wisdom. And the beautiful thing about repentance is it doesn't matter how far you may have detoured. The moment you repent, you are immediately back in God's protection and His safety and His watch care and His path for your life. 
You don't have to do a bunch of good to undo a bunch of bad in order to earn your way off of a path of destruction back onto the path of righteousness. Why? Because wisdom is a gift of the Father. It's the guidance of the Holy Spirit and it's the grace of the Son. It's foolishness to the Greeks. It's somebody hanging on a cross. It's foolishness to people who who esteem knowledge. It's weakness to Jews who esteem strength. But those who trust in Christ as the Lord and Savior and believe that His blood will immediately cleanse us of all unrighteousness and restore us into a right relationship with God, it is pure wisdom and beauty. And I've been sharing this gospel now for over 25 years, and every time I share the gospel, it gets more simple, it gets more profound, it gets more beautiful, and it just gets... I'm astounded by how wise God is. No matter how far you might have strayed from a path of wisdom, today, right now, you can repent with your whole heart. Oh God, forgive me. I turn, cleanse me. And because wisdom is God's gift, the Spirit's guidance, and the Son's grace, you are not in a few weeks, but immediately at that moment, back on the path of wisdom and back on the path of righteousness, back under the umbrella of God's blessings watch care and provision at that moment so would you stand with me please there's a story about this young man who wanted wisdom and so it's in the days of Socrates and he found Socrates and he said oh great Socrates give me wisdom and Socrates recognized an arrogant uh, young man when he saw one and he said what, what is it that you want? He said wisdom Socrates I want wisdom and Socrates said to the young uh, student you, you want wisdom and the student said yes and Socrates said okay follow me and they're by the sea and Socrates, he, walks into Socrates, he walks into the sea with Socrates and then they get about waist or chest deep and Socrates says so what is it that you want? And he says wisdom oh great Socrates and so Socrates grabs the man the young man by the back of the neck and he dumps him under the water and he holds him there for an extended time and then he raises him back up and he says, what is it that you want? Wisdom, Socrates. I want, I want, I want wisdom. And he holds him back under the water again and, and the, he holds him a longer time and so the young man is splashing and bubbles are coming up and he brings him back up and he says, what is it that you want? He says, wisdom. I want wisdom. And he dunks him again and he holds him under and this time he almost drowns him. And he raises him back up And he says, what is it that you want? And the young man said, air. I want air. And Socrates said, when you want wisdom, like you want air, you'll have it. And so it is with us. And the way to God's blessings is wisdom. The way to God's provision is wisdom. And when we want wisdom, like we want air, God's wisdom, like we want air. And we pursue it God's way through Scripture and Submission to Scripture, passionate pursuit of Scripture, and confidence in Scripture, and prayer. We incline our voice, we raise our voice consistently, persistently, and expectantly, day after day after day. When we pursue wisdom like we want air, we'll have it. And our heart will be changed. Our mind will be renewed. I don't care if you've never been to seminary. If you pursue wisdom just this week, like like we talked about, just this week, 
I don't care if you've never been to seminary. I don't care if you didn't finish fifth grade. If you pursue wisdom like we talked about this morning, I mean, you'll have it. And your life will begin to show the fruit of wisdom and the blessings of wisdom. And your life will have the divine momentum of wisdom. So let's begin by pursuing wisdom today. Why wait, huh? Why wait? So I want to invite you to come down and just pour your heart out to God for wisdom. All right, the altars are open.